The Von Dyck estate, where the current acting head of the city council resided, enjoyed a world-famous view. Adrian gazed across his city, hands folded behind his back. He needed more time. The reformists weren't ready to show their hand. They didn't have the final pieces of the puzzle yet, but he didn't have a choice. He glared at Locke, but in his mind he saw Lou, the fear in her eyes. In that instant, he'd understood what she meant to do. Procure what they needed, no matter the cost. Now it was his turn to be bold. Adrian! Maxwell Von Dyck finally tottered in, wearing silk pajamas. Didn't your father teach you not to call at such uncivilized hours? Adrian repressed an eye roll. I am here to present evidence of treason committed by a standing member of the city council. That is a very serious accusation, young man. Older people always called him young man when he unnerved them. Who are you accusing? He opened his jacket and took out the file. Johannes Thornley. Realm Presents Elixir Episode 9 I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hello, I'm Alison Larkin, writer, comedian, narrator, and host of The Jane Austen Podcast. Join me as we embark on a journey through Austen's timeless stories, starting with Pride and Prejudice. The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin is available wherever you listen to podcasts. The Thornley Manor wavered around Elsie. She had a flash of herself at six years old, running through this hallway, screaming with laughter as her father scooped her into his arms. Or had it been a servant? Perhaps it was the man gripping her elbow now, marching her upstairs. His name lingered on the tip of her tongue. Gurnor, or... It slipped away. There was another woman with her. Lou. Lou, her sister. And her name was Elsabeth Thornley, daughter of Carlotta and Johannes. Criminals. Remember what they did to us. Focus, Elsie. 
She caught the vial around her neck, gripped it so tight it dug grooves into her palm. She needed to remember, to hang on to the truth. Have a pleasant rest. The servant, whose name she'd forgotten, shoved her into a room. It felt as if moths were eating her brain. The necklace. Who gave her the necklace? Someone important? Someone smart and funny and beautiful and... What was her name? Elsie. Hmm? Elsie, we shouldn't have drunk those elixirs. We don't know what... What Papa was... Lou. My sister. Right. She had to move quickly. Her hand was still wrapped around something. Something important. Vera. Vera had given her this necklace. The cure-all. She uncapped the vial. Elsie took a quick sip. She didn't stop to appreciate it. Just pressed the vial to Lou's lips. No! No elixirs! I don't take those! She tried to turn her head, but Elsie touched her cheek. All's Jake, Lou. Finally, Lou opened her mouth. Elsie tipped the rest of the cure-all down her throat. Then she held her breath, terrified, praying. An enormous shudder ran through Lou's body. Shit! Did our parents really just drug us? Afraid so. Lou picked up Elsie's vial, clearly impressed. What is this stuff? A cure-all I distilled. Nullifies the effects of Dwimer water instantly. Lou stared. Who are you, and what have you done with my sister? I might ask you the same thing. Elsie plopped down onto the bed next to her. They were in Lou's bedroom, still an unruly mess from her sudden departure weeks ago. First you run away to date some shady knock-off apothecary. Now you're hanging out with reformists. Lou bowed her head. I suppose I owe you several lifetimes worth of explanations. It started with elixirs. All my friends bring them to gentry parties. It didn't seem like a big deal. When my friends told me hush bars have better, more unique elixirs, I got curious. Tagged along with a group to Harlow's club, the Rat Hole. How appealing, Elsie deadpanned. Lou gave her shoulder a gentle push. It was more fun than it sounds. Or maybe I was just desperate. I don't know. But I felt free there. And that's when I met Harlow. First thing he told me was that I looked like a woman who knew exactly what I wanted. I'd never met anybody who noticed before. What do you want? Lou's expression hardened. I want to make Locke a city where you can be whoever you want, no matter your station. And you thought Harlow could help you? Lou groaned and flopped backward onto the mattress. I never said I was a genius, but he told me how he built himself up from nothing, made a name in a city where everything's about family, even though he has none. So you really did like him? I liked who I believed him to be. There's a difference. Anyway, we'd been going steady for a couple of months. And you didn't tell me? I wanted to. Harlow was so private. He said my parents would come between us if they ever found out, and it was too risky to ask you to lie on our behalf. Elsie huffed. If I didn't already hate him, I would now. Lou flashed a tight smile. 
A few weeks ago, we were in his private box at the club, and all of a sudden he panicked, demanded I leave because he had business. Normally, he loved talking to me about any dealings he had, so when he shut me out like that, I felt angry, suspicious. I used an elixir to spy on him. And there was Papa, talking business. Didn't take me long to realize why Harlow picked up with me in the first place, or why he'd been so adamant about hiding our relationship. I was leverage, in case our parents double-crossed him. Oh, Lou. But then I met Adrian. He told me about the reformist's plan, and I realized I was in the perfect position to be truly useful. So I ran away from home and begged Harlow to take me in. Once I was there, I found the evidence the reformists needed, proof of his connection to our parents. Elsie thought about Harlow's terrifying fury at the dam when he'd first mistaken her for Lou. She touched her sister's arm. You're so brave. Going up against a man like that alone. Unfortunately, what I stole from Harlow wasn't enough. He saved correspondence and records of the payments our parents gave him, but we need Papa's ledgers too. Otherwise, it's all one-sided. Papa will just claim Harlow faked everything. Papa keeps all his paperwork in the office, but... But there's no way he'll let either of us anywhere near his office, even if he believes that memory elixir worked. Elsie worried her lower lip. Well then, it's a good thing you've got me to help. Vera sagged against the bars of her jail cell. Let me get this straight. The Thornleys pushed for such a harsh sentence because you refused to work for them? With his head bowed, shadows concealed her father's face. Elixirs have always been Locke's most profitable business. The Thornleys wanted in. They knew their best bet was to team up with an established apotheker. They offered a deal work for them, and they'd free me with a slap on the wrist and a fine. I didn't know exactly what they had planned, but I wasn't about to throw my lot in with the people who outlawed our livelihood. I refused. Vera let her forehead thunk against the bars. They couldn't let you go blabbing to all of Locke about said deal. Henrik shook his head. Thus, the treason sentence. Pretty brilliant, really. I couldn't warn anyone, and they were free to find a much shadier partner. Vera couldn't tell which hurt worse, knowing what had been done to her father, or why. All for money. Every time she shut her eyes, she saw Harlow in the jaded rose. I'm so sorry, Dad. Henrik frowned. Whatever for? I lost the bar, everything you worked for, everything our family built. Vera. Henrik waited until she looked up. That bar isn't our legacy. You are our legacy, as are all your cousins, <laughs> even Art. Has he grown out of his mischief? Not even a little bit. You should see him and Benji now. They're worse than me and Rolf at that age. You two grew into it. Give them time. 
Henrik's expression shifted into something more serious. I should have done a lot of things differently. I was so secretive, and I raised you to be the same way. If apothecars like us had taught more people, if more people in Locke actually understood elixirs, then it wouldn't have been so easy for the Thornleys to sow their lies. Vera clenched her fists. It's not your fault what those people did. Maybe not, but it is my fault you believed I care more about a business than my own daughter. Did she believe that? Maybe a little bit, deep down. But hearing him say it, Vera realized how ridiculous it was. Dad, of course I know you care about me. I, I kept the bar going because I know how much it meant to you. If you couldn't be with us, I at least wanted to become the apothecary you trained me to be. Oh, doll. It had been so long since she'd heard him call her that. I'm proud of you, apothecar or no. <laughs> Who wouldn't be proud to have a kid in prison? He smiled. Like father, like daughter, eh? For a long, quiet moment, they just watched each other. At least I have this. If Vera died down here in the dark, she would do it with her father at her side. The father she'd grown up admiring, lionizing, wanting to become. What would it be like to grow up with a different type of father? For the first time since her arrest, Vera let herself think about Elsie. Maybe Elsie already knew who the Thornleys really were. Maybe she didn't care. But then she recalled Elsie's genuine relief, not to mention fury, when they'd finally found Lou. Her giddy joy trying the flight elixir at JJ's. Those wide, innocent blue eyes. Could that all be an act? It must have been, right? Why was she still obsessing over that woman? It didn't matter. She was going to rot down here. She could rage at Elsie or Rolf or Harlow or anyone she wanted. At the end of the day, Vera was never going to see any of them again. I like a story that will take me to extremes. And nothing says extreme quite like The Last City, a new Wondery podcast available now. Set in 2072, the city of Pura is a geo-engineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image, which, given its promise of being a miraculous green haven in a climate-ravaged world, shouldn't be too hard to sell but things are not always as perfect and shiny as we'd like to believe. When she stumbles upon a dark secret that could lead to the downfall of Pura's existence if revealed, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. 
And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Elsie's arms screamed. She looked down and regretted it. Three stories below, the grass lawn looked a lot farther away than it had a minute ago. Use your legs, Lou hissed from somewhere below. Unlike Elsie, Lou appeared well-versed in the art of scaling drain pipes in the dead of night. I'm trying. There you go. Easy does it. Her sister was balancing on a windowsill, a full story below. Elsie watched, open-mouthed, as Lou wedged one hand into a near-invisible crevice in the brick wall and swung toward the next window. You have to actually move! Lou beckoned Elsie toward her. Elsie took a deep breath, clung as hard as she could to the drainpipe, and let her toes slip from their holds. Her body dropped. Her fingers squeaked painfully on the pipe until she caught herself breathless, on the sill Lou had just abandoned. Did Harlow teach you to mountain climb, too, or what? Lou scoffed. Please, I learned this in finishing school. You never climbed out of your dorm room to rendezvous with the crush? I thought you younger children were meant to be the real reb- 
Shh. They held their breath. Down on the lawn, a guard dressed in Thornley colors strolled past. Her heartbeat pounded in her frozen fingertips, but she didn't dare move. Finally, the guard rounded the far corner of the house. Lou grinned, and then returned to scaling the wall beyond the bathroom. Within moments, she crouched outside Papa's office. Several minutes later, after much cursing and accruing of bruises, Elsie joined her. She and Lou waited until a carriage rattled past on the distant road. Using its clattering for cover, Lou wrapped her arms in Mama's now ragged coat and elbowed a hole through the window. Remind me never to cross you, Elsie murmured, impressed despite herself. They both clambered into the study. Lou lit the small kerosene lamp Papa kept on the desk and rifled through the shelves below, expertly removing hidden drawer bottoms Elsie wouldn't have even noticed. Just keep watch. Elsie got a better idea. She tiptoed to Papa's closet, where he kept his work clothes. She dug through suits and raincoats until she found what she wanted, a crossbody saddlebag. She returned to the desk and began stuffing Lou's papers into it. Lou paused to push her bangs to the side. Thank you for coming after me, even though I specifically asked you not to, and it became a terrible inconvenience. As thank yous go, this isn't your most convincing. Lou smirked. I'm serious, Elsie. It's good to know you have my back. Always. Even when you're too stubborn to admit you need my help. They both grinned. Lou opened her mouth to reply, then stilled. Footsteps. Creaking up the stairs. Lou pressed a fingertip to her lips, eyes huge. Elsie bent toward the lantern. She pursed her lips, about to blow it out, when... Sir? I heard a crash. Elsie stared at her sister. What do we do? She mouthed. If Gunnar woke their parents... Lou nodded at the window and held out the saddlebag. Elsie took it and threw the strap over her shoulder. Lou eased around the desk to Elsie's side. Sir? Is everything all right? Did you leave the lantern on again? Sir? What's all that racket? Thundered Papa. Did you leave your lantern lit, sir? Of course not. In unison, Elsie and Lou grabbed hold of Papa's desk and shoved it in front of the office door. There's someone in your office. The entire door rattled as Gunnar threw his body weight against it. The desk screeched in protest. Something tipped off of it. The lantern. It fell as if in slow motion and shattered in Papa's wastebasket. Flames immediately leapt forth. Go! Lou shouted. She braced her spine against the desk, just as Gunnar rammed it again. Who's in there? Papa demanded, right outside now. I'm not leaving you again. Elsie's gaze leapt from Lou to the door, to the fire just a few feet away. Lou jutted her chin at the bag on Elsie's shoulder. Adrian needs that. I'm right behind you. With a pang of guilt, Elsie spun and raced for the window. It wouldn't be long before the whole household awoke. Elsie swung herself onto the sill. This time, she knew better than to look down. If I survive this, I swear I will never even so much as climb a ladder again. Finally, Elsie reached the drain pipe. She wrapped both hands around it and slid down. After what felt like eternity, 
Her feet struck the frosted grass. Only now did she look back. Orange flames danced inside the study. As she stared, the window exploded in shards of glass. Lou will be fine. She has to be. Shouts tore Elsie's attention from the window. She saw grooms sprinting from the barn, and the front gate guard abandoning his post to hurry to the burning manor. Elsie took advantage of their distraction and sprinted toward the road. Her side ached. Her lungs screamed for oxygen. She was almost there. Half a block to go, and then... A hand clamped down hard on her shoulder. Another hand reached out to cover her mouth, and someone dragged her into the thicket. You're listening to Elixir by Ellen Goodlett, starring Ava Mag, Keeler Lee, and Marin Miller. Produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Realm, listen away. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Elixir is written by Ellen Goodlett. It is produced by Nicole Otto and executive produced by Molly Barton. Voice direction, audio production, and original theme music by Amanda Rose Smith.